think he got like a 20 minute standing ovation. What? I think. I know. Like. I can't imagine how people's hearts would be moved. I know. To that extent. It's like, when do you stop? But I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, this movie. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, actually, this up. <laughs> you should just play the whole standing ovation. Right I think now. I actually did watch it at one point, and I just like skipped forward because I was like, "This is so long." <laughs> um, Make it your alarm. Yeah. For, for waking up. <laughs> Wake up to a standing ovation. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to Ballcast. This is uh, this is our second this is our second episode. Hopefully, maybe we'll see. I believe I've never seen Gravity. Dude, Gravity's so good. I saw it twice in IMAX. It's a great movie. Is you it sure is? you don't want any wine? Oh, a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, I'll chug this water and then I'll grab some wine. Yeah. Um, do you like Gravity better than Drive? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a mean comparison because the, they, be, they couldn't be more opposite. They're very, very different. Artistically, they're very similar, but yeah, both very good movies, though. Cool. I'm thinking ball cast is what I want to call it. Ball cast? Yeah. Nice. That's what I want the name to be, the podcast. I like that. I was about to yeah. suggest a bunch of other names. Oh, yeah. Or at least try to think, but I, I often do that, and then I just degrade other people's ideas <laughs> by doing that. <laughs> I want to hear one of them. Um, you one? Well, I was about to go into that mode where I was about to shoot off a bunch of suggestions, <laughs> but I cut myself off from that thinking. So I, you can't even think of one? Well, it would be something about serving. Like the 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 balls in your court. <laughs> balls in your court. Yeah, but that, that's that too could, long. That could work if I was like interviewing like a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Like, ask a question. Like, all right, balls in your court. Answer the question. Yeah, <laughs> could work. Or you show up to someone's basketball practice. <laughs> the balls in your court. It's like, yeah, he is. He's here. Here to ask questions. Here, I'm not able basketball, but I'm eager to learn. <laughs> um, oh, this is good. I have uh, Nathan Nathan Hensel joining me. Can hello, say hi, Nathan. Hey, everybody. Hello, world. <laughs> the world says hello to you as well. Nice. Um, Nathan and I have worked with each other landscaping, which is kind of irrelevant information. Yeah. Uh, it's I don't know. It's just a little history. We spent a year with each other in a truck. It's true. A lot of that time was in a truck, actually, going for yeah. a job. But more relevant information, though, we've also done our fair share of, uh, of background work in film, which yes. has been fun. Never so, together. Never together, I know. I always wanted to do some days on set. Yeah. That would have been fun. We could always, you just still with your agency, though, aren't you? Yeah. 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 It'd be fun. We'll have end you, up on you, the Have time. you paid your uh, membership fee? No. No, I haven't either. But I'm thinking, it's only 30 bucks, though, a year. What I'm do you mean? I'm kind of thinking about doing it, because there's the UBCP... Yeah. Um, like union fee that you've got to pay. Yeah. And then if you don't pay it, then you lose all your days and you got to start from scratch. Oh. And part of me just doesn't really care because I'm not doing it anymore. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, if I want to ever go back to it though, then I have to start from scratch. I mean, I wouldn't really pursue it at all, but. I think I'm too late for that then. It's been over a year since I've done it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're probably. Yeah. Oh. oh. I, I, I have to do it within like the next like week or something, I think. Oh. Because. Yeah. Get on that. Yeah. I might do it. Anyways, um, that's besides the point. So Nathan and I, we just watched the film Drive. Me for like the, probably that was like the fourth or fifth time for me. I love that movie. You, that was like... You know what? I, I said it was my third time, but I think it might have only been my second. Okay. And I thought I watched it twice because I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. After I watched it. Yeah. It's a great movie. Um, so yeah, Drive starring Ryan Gosling, Carey Mulligan, and Brian Cranston. Um, director Nicholas Winding Refn, I think that's how you pronounce it. I didn't know how you pronounce it until I just watched a video and it is basically how it sounds. Nice. Um, so yeah, this is like a, so I have some stuff written down here. The film, the, this movie, the budget was estimate 15 million. So not a big budget. That's nothing. I know. That's very, very small. Um, to put into reference, like... Have you seen A Quiet Place? That one recently came out. I haven't yet. It's a good movie. It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, to put in reference, that movie was seventeen million, oh. and because they only have like four actors in that movie, yeah. Um, so it's a pretty low budget, and this one was fifteen million. So even it was two million lower than that. Wild. Um, so yeah, fifteen million budget, and then U.S. opening box office eleven million it made. So it didn't quite make back its budget, but 
that was just uh, the opening box office, and then U.S. gross with thirty-five million. Mm-hmm. So clearly, word got around that it was a very good movie, and then yeah. worldwide gross seventy-five million. Wow! So it did it did decent. Um, it wasn't like a blockbuster by any means. But considering how many big actors were in it, I know. That's why I have a lot of respect for like Ryan Gosling and even Brian Cranston does. He takes on some of these more like independent roles, and they do. I don't know. They kind of do. They they seem to do like even Place Beyond the Pine wasn't a very hmm. big blockbuster movie. Like um, I know uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah, I don't know. They seem to kind of do more of these kind of independent movies mm-hmm. from time to time, which is kind of nice. A quick ad break, just to remind everyone that this is an ad-free podcast. <laughs> nice. I thought about one day when I was working on it. Is it now? <laughs> is it now ad-free? I'm advertising that it's an ad-free podcast. Okay, cool. And it's pretty funny, because there's a couple of radio stations I've listened There's to, so many. And they do that. They'll they'll stop, the, they'll take a break from the music and be like, ad-free radio station, like, that's an ad in itself right there. Just to remind you, this is commercial-free music. <laughs> oh, I've never heard of that song. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's annoying. Um, I love that comparison, actually, between A Quiet Place and this one. Because I haven't seen A Quiet Place yet, but mm-hmm. I want to. Especially because I'm a big fan of the acting when most of the acting is done in the facial expressions. Right, yeah. And that pretty much describes uh, Ryan Gosling in Drive. Yeah, totally. And, yeah. Yeah, the lack of dialogue. That's actually one of the things. Um, that's, one of, that's actually the first topic of discussion I want to address. So nice. the lack of discussion. If you haven't seen Drive... Um, just watch it. This is, I think I want to gear this more towards people that have seen Drive. Okay. And either don't, because I think it's the kind of movie where you either like it or you don't. Well, it's I feel like of... anybody who hasn't seen it needs to. No, I know. For sure. It's in my top five. Oh, for officially. sure. It's a great movie. The yeah. way it's shot, everything about it. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I do have listed first lack of dialogue and why does it work, but I think I actually want to talk about, um... This, so the, it is it is it is considered an indie film, which I think is correct. Sweet, because it is like it has that indie vibe to it. Um, do you think it should have done better at? Uh, do you think yeah? Do you think it should have done be- uh, better for an indie film? Like, do you think because it did seventy five million worldwide gross? That's pretty good, I think. When was the Notebook made? Oh, I don't remember. Um, I'll probably look that up real quick. Yeah. Well, I mean that alone. Just having Ryan Gosling in it, yeah, it should have a maybe not have been considered an indie film, yeah, just because of the cast. I know. And B, I mean, it should have been. I think it should have been way bigger just based yeah. off of that. So I mean, Bra- Brian Cranston though he Breaking Bad was pretty big already at this point. I think when I think well, no, twenty eleven. Because I no Breaking Bad had didn't. I think Breaking Bad was still considered kind of just like a, a decent TV show. Because I remember it was my grad year, 2013, that I found out that, oh. I think, that, hmm. that Breaking Bad was incredible. So Brian Cranston wasn't like blowing up at this point. So I yeah. think this was still kind of lower down for it. What year was Notebook, do you see? 2004. What? Yeah. It's old. We were babies. Jeez. Well, we were <laughs> eight years old. That's crazy. Or whatever. Oh, man. Um... I was going to say there like there must have been some sort of hype from Notebook still with Ryan Gosling, but the yeah. hype probably cooled down, but still, it's Ryan Gosling. Oh, for sure. Ryan Gosling is, like, he's actually one of my favorite actors. Like, yeah. And this movie really, like, kind of punched that in officially for me, because mm-hmm. just the way he... It's not even in... It's almost in the lack of emotion that he gives in his performance, I think. Yeah. Like, because I want to say it's very emotionally... It is emotionally driven, but... He doesn't really give any, like, facial emotion in it. Like, it's very... That's actually one of the one of the things I've written down on here. The first thing. So, the driver, his name is Driver. He doesn't even actually have a name in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, driver and Irene, who's played by Carrie Mulligan, uh, they actually say very little to each other, primarily because Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan felt that their scenes should be more focused on the mood and refused to say many of those scripted lines. <laughs> so they actually refused to say a lot of their lines. They wow. wanted it to be driven by emotion. Um, Mulligan summarized making the film as staring longingly at Ryan Gosling for hours each day, <laughs> which is very fair because that's basically what they do. Yeah. Um, they had great chemistry. Oh, they have awesome they chemistry. They pulled it off. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so funny, because even when we were watching, like, a bunch of the scenes that happened, like, if that would happen in real life, it'd be so awkward. Yeah. Like, so, so many of their interactions that they have, like... like why is this creep staring at me? <laughs> I asked him a question. Yeah, would you like a glass of water? Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. literally one of the responses he has. It's so funny. Um, yeah, it's just bizarre how it can get away with that, though. I think it, it mostly has to do with, like, the cinematography and, like, the soundtrack and stuff, though. Mm. Just the way it's shot. Um... Actually, just today, I thought of a funny, like, game idea, like, almost like a social experiment that you can do called, like, I just call it, like, the drive game of, like, seeing how long you could be in a conversation with saying as little as possible, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, like, because I feel like I did kind of try to do that for a bit, like, after the movie, after I watched it for the first time, I was kind of still in that, like, that that mood of the movie. Yeah. And, like, I'd be, like, talking to people, and then I'd just kind of be in that chill drive mood. <laughs> and I'd just be, like, talking to people and just not say mm. a lot. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if this is actually as easy as it seems. And then interview them after? Yeah. Even? And be like, did you think this person yeah. was cool or a creep? No, I thought he was weird. He wasn't yeah. saying anything. <laughs> but yeah, so he does huh. a really good job at that. Um, and then, so yeah, I think I think the lack of dialogue really, really works. Like, it, it doesn't, it, if you want it to be awkward, if you approach it as an awkward situation that they, mm. that they give themselves, then yeah, it seems awkward, but like... I think the way they portray it, I think it works. Yeah, I think their flirtatious yeah. vibe they had going on, I think it reached its peak because of the lack yeah. of words. Totally. Um, yeah, it was just so intense. Yeah. That and uh, and even because there's there's that vibe with the movie, like with Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan, because they like... There's like this this romantic tension between them, mm-hmm. but then there's also Ryan Gosling and like the mobsters and all of them, which she says just as little amount to yeah. them. And there's like just such a menacing, menacing persona about that too. Like he's just a man of little words, and you know, like and the fact that they don't actually give him a name. He's just called Driver, and Brian Cranston refers to him as Kid a lot. Mm-hmm. He doesn't actually have a name, and he's credited in the movie as Driver. He doesn't actually have a name. So yeah. I think that just kind of adds like a level of mystery to it. Which and I think it's really cool. He has such an obvious dominance as well, and I think he claims that dominance from the mystery of himself mm. like by not saying very much. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, this guy doesn't have to prove himself to me at all. Yeah. Wow, he's so dominant. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what makes those that's what makes those particular scenes really really powerful the one the one where he's in the diner and the guy approaches him and he's like oh hey you were that guy that drove us back from whatever with mm-hmm. uh, with nino and then ryan goes and just like looks him back and he's like he's like leave me alone right now or i'm gonna kick your teeth in mm-hmm. and like he just says that like yeah he doesn't say a lot and then he just says that it's like whoa okay that kind of came out of nowhere yeah. that and then when the bank robbery goes wrong and then he pins the girl against the couch and he's yeah. like and then he just says a lot to her He's like, and then he's like threatening her, like because when he, whenever he says a lot, it's usually when he's like threatening someone. Yeah. So I feel like that really worked too. It was and really cool. He obviously thinks about every single one of his decisions mm. because of that sense. Because he listened, he actually took time and listened to the guy in the diner as he came up to him. He yeah. sat there in silence, let him talk a little bit, and then he cut him off yeah. when it was appropriate, and then threatened him. But it's almost like he actually thinks about everything very thoroughly. Yeah. Even though it might seem kind of erratic. Yeah. Yeah. He. Mm. Yeah. It's very. It's a very unique character that that Ryan Gosling portrays. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the title of the movie, it's called Drive, but kind I think that's kind of the almost like the the interesting feature of this movie is even the trailer portrays. It portrays it as having a lot hmm. of driving in it. I watched the trailer this morning because I wanted yeah. to see how they wanted to sell the audience this movie, and it does look like a more intense movie. Looks and like I a even, Need for Speed. I know, and I even <laughs> read I even read the comments after, and everyone's like, "This is a trash trailer for a masterpiece film," and I'm mm-hmm. like, "I totally agree," because it's showing like these car chase scenes, yeah. and all this stuff, and it's like it's not actually that. It's intense. It's an intense movie, but it's hmm. not. It's a different kind of intense, you know. Yeah, it's very like. It's just character driven and stressful too. <laughs> Seriously. Um, 
But yeah, but the title Drive, what what do you think it means? I think I, I think I just figured it out. And I haven't seen any reviews on this movie or whatever, so I won't be surprised if this is what it actually is. But obviously, from a surface level, Drive seems like it's because he's a professional driver. Yeah. And there's some driving in the movie. But I think it's because you thoroughly see through the movie what drives him. Mm-hmm. Drive means it's his drive. Is that what you're thinking? That's what I'm thinking too, yeah. It must be because there's really not that much driving in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that must be what it that must be what it is. And um, the, the driving in it is amazing. Oh, it's phenomenal. And they almost it's it's not as amazing as some of the things you might see in a need for speed or something like that. Yeah. But it's amazing in the sense of they keep they still keep it realistic. Yeah. Like what would a professional driver actually be able to do? luck aside oh, totally. because it was all skill based rather yeah. than just totally lucky yeah um and I think that was amazing but yeah I think what drives him yeah obviously is you know the woman is this the new woman, woman yeah. is like his, his drive Irene. is just to make things right basically interesting super interesting that's why I think it's definitely best if people watch the movie before hmm. listening to this because what we're talking about might sound like nonsense if you haven't seen the movie before yeah, the trailer really craps all oh, over. I know. It doesn't make it look like a very new movie. I remember, I think I'd watched the trailer before it came out, which was, I don't remember really because it was years ago, but I watched it and I was like, this isn't, no, mm. this isn't a good trailer at all. Interesting. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it is a very title though for the movie because it's very, it's just very simple, you know, and it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's simple, but it's layered and that's what the movie is, you know, from the surface it's like, what's going on here? But then you kind of break it down. Hence the the quadrant system YouTube video that we just watched. Mm-hmm. Um, that was cool. Yeah, super interesting. So the way the movie is framed, um, it basically breaks it down to like each half, or breaks it down in halves. Like the top half of certain scenes, like the top half is telling a story, bottom half is telling another story, like the hands, but the top half is telling a story, like the facial expressions, um, or vice versa with uh, uh, left and right half of the movie. Like left left half is showing two characters. Mm-hmm. And they're what what they're doing, and then the the right half of it. it's hard to explain if you haven't seen the video, but it's like when it's Irene is entering her apartment yeah, yeah. on the left, kind of in the distance, and he's entering his on the right. Yeah, just the way it's shot is just so unique. Huh. And yes, yeah, so the quadrant system on on YouTube, you got to check that video out because definitely it's by every frame painting YouTube channel, I believe. It shows you how much work was put into I this know. movie. It's crazy. Because it's these kind of movies that, like, it seems like the cinematography is simple because they're doing very seemingly simple shots. Mm-hmm. But then you break it down and then you watch it. Each time you watch it, even this time when I watched it, like, right off the bat, in what, that one scene where they're doing, like, the, the stunt scene, the shot opens with, like, just a blink-and-you-miss-it shot of, like, the actual actor. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Ryan Gosling plays, like, a stunt driver. And so it's, like, on a movie set. And the shot opens with... Uh, it panning towards Ryan Gosling, but right before it does that, you can see the actual actor in the mirror because it's like shot behind that, and then it just pans in and it shows Ryan Gosling put on the mask of the actor. Yeah, super, super interesting. I only just noticed that this one time of watching it. Um, yeah, very well thought out. Yeah, it's just totally. crazy. And it, you know what? Even if somebody tells you about everything that happens in the movie, it's not going to spoil it for you. Oh, I know. Like, yeah, it's still. Because every, yeah, like you said, every single time I watch it, I almost enjoy it more and more. Yeah. And the more I dive into it and try to pull it apart and realize all those little small things that are adding to it, I enjoy it more and more, which you're only really going to notice those things if you've seen it before. Yeah. Because there's way too much to pay attention to if it's your first time watching it. Oh, for sure. But, uh... I remember the first time I watched it, I didn't, I, I did enjoy it, but... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I was a lot younger when I watched it for the mm. first time. I watched it shortly after it came out, but... And it's a very mellow movie. Oh, it's a very right? mellow movie. The soundtrack makes it mellow, which and the soundtrack is phenomenal. Yeah. It's super good. It gives that, like, retro vibe, but they're, like, new songs. Hmm. Um, when did you watch it for the first time? Was it I around when it came it, out? Uh, yeah, shortly after it came out, I watched okay. it for the first time. I only watched it a couple of years ago, which is, like... Oh, okay. Like, it was, like, four years after it came out. Yeah. So... Yeah, which I'm glad because I probably appreciated it more with whatever maturity I've gained over yeah. between high between 2011 and now. Yeah. So, I think that's a good thing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um 
Yeah, there's some there's some crazy trivia on this movie thanks mm-hmm. to IMDb. So that first one, yeah, about Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan, how I love. I didn't know that until I read that this morning that they had scripted lines, but they just refused to say them because they wanted it to be more emotionally driven. Hmm. And man, it works. It's so cool. Um, this is just kind of a fun fact. In preparation for Ryan Gosling's role, he restored a 1973 Chevy Malibu that his character uses in the film. Himself? Yeah, he restored it. Wow. Isn't that awesome? And he can actually fix cars. Yeah, it's so sick. What a stud. I know. Ryan Gosling is just, he's something else. Hmm. This one, okay, this one is, this this fact is very, very interesting. Um, so you know the scorpion jacket that Ryan Gosling wears? Yeah. Okay, so this is kind of, this is the meaning behind that. So Driver references the fable of the scorpion and the frog. The frog agrees to carry the scorpion across the river. The scorpion stings the frog, saying, it's my nature, and both drown. Driver can be seen as the frog of the story. He drives slash carries criminals, or scorpions, around in his car, but is inevitably dragged into their destructive world, or stung, leading to everybody's downfall. Driver's jacket has a scorpion on the back, just as the frog carries a scorpion on his back. Whoa. I know. When I read that, I was like, that's insane. Yeah, because he he really did seem to think at the beginning, and rightfully so, that his criminal activity wasn't going to chase him back to his real life. Yeah. But evidently it did. Yeah. So interesting. Once he got emotionally involved, I guess. But Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how emotionally involved that frog was to the yeah. scorpion in the fable, but um, that is what happened. Once he got that involved. Yeah. Yeah, he got stung pretty hard. I know. It's, yeah, it's such an interesting fact, too. And, like, I only read that this morning. I thought it was super interesting. Just watching, it was interesting just watching... The movie again just now, like I noticed there's like a bunch of shots where they really emphasize the jacket and the scorpion mm-hmm. and they're really trying to show like how, how this situation he's in, he's got a scorpion on his back and it's stinging him and it's bringing him down. Like, and all the blood on his jacket that yeah. eventually is there. So it's like he yeah. was actually stunned it's, kind of thing. It just shows how like there's so wow. much thought put into each, like each shot. It's incredible. I know I read that. I was like, that's super interesting. I was trying to find, though, where he he references that fable, though. I don't remember that. I don't remember it either. Like, and I remember giving, like, t- like having a mental note to myself. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to remember and hmm. listen for when he tells that story. But, yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. Maybe just the movie itself is the reference? Is that yeah, what it's saying? Oh, is- yeah, Driver... Driver references... No, because it says because Driver references. Driver's the character, not the yeah. movie. Because the movie's drive. Maybe just they're talking about his jacket references. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, because I don't remember him audibly referencing yeah. that. Yeah, super all. interesting though. Because yeah, they definitely emphasize his jacket a lot. Hmm. Um, and then yeah, this other one I kind of mentioned already. The name of the character, the name of the main character, isn't ever revealed. His he's always refer, referred to as kid or driver, even in the credits he's listed as driver. I love that. I think it's just adds to the mystery of the character. Hmm. Um, Albert Brooks. Uh, was in character when he met the director of the film, Nicholas <laughs> Winnie Ruffering. He uh, pinning him against a wall, speaking in a threatening manner. Brooks shaved his eyebrows for his role to make his character more emotional. What? <laughs> That's insane. Oh man, That's just crazy. And it's not even that noticeable. You just assume it's part of his character that he doesn't really have many eyebrow hairs. I know. And yeah. really it's zero well, yeah, eyebrow no, hairs. I think both of us, I mean, if that was... That was your second time watching it, but like even for me, that was like my fourth or so watch time watching it. So I I only just noticed that now how mm-hmm. he didn't have eyebrows. Like yeah, it's funny how like you don't actually notice someone's eyebrows if they're gone. It just kind of seems like because I knew something was off about him, but I thought like hmm. I don't know, he just had that look. Um, yeah, that's so interesting though. Like that's like borderline method acting, big time. Just getting really into the role. Yeah, uh, which is a kind of another discussion topic in itself. Do you, I'm curious, do you think, do you think method acting has gone too far? It has in the past for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the stories, even with like Jim Carrey, the stories of abuse I've heard about method acting in general. Yeah. yeah. There's like specific times where method acting has gone too far. Have oh, you seen that documentary, the, uh, J- Jimmy, J- Jim and Andy, I think it's called. Was that the kind of new one? Yeah, he gets, came out really, recently? he gets really into character for uh, uh, 
I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy. So Jim Carrey played played the actor who played in uh, Man on the Moon. Mm. Andy something, I think. I um, think I've seen parts of that. It is, is it on so Netflix? Weird. Yeah. Okay. It's super weird. He basically just talked. Jim Carrey's just been all over the place lately, but he mm-hmm. basically just talks about like just becoming the character and like there's because he hired it. He hired like a documentary crew to follow him around. Oh when he was doing wow. this film and it just showed how like he was just never out of character and how you can kind of lose yourself oh, totally. amongst that yeah he just got mm. like wacko and then Heath Ledger is also another example obviously oh yeah which is obviously like it wrote history in film mm-hmm. but but was it worth it though yeah <laughs> like it, it, it kind of sucks to say it kind of sucks to say like it wasn't worth it because he died but at the same time it created the most historic joker ever mm-hmm. so was it that role that kind of led him to depression well like he locked himself up in a in a hotel for like a few weeks oh and to create the character and i didn't so, know that yeah and so yeah like who knows if he didn't do that i wonder if he hmm. like i wonder if it wouldn't have happened i mean you hear this all the time with that like with people in the entertainment industry nowadays, unfortunately, people overdose, you know, on, mm-hmm. on stuff because they're just, the industry's pretty intense. So but, you're wondering if method acting has gone too far, like, in general in the industry? Is that Well, yeah, that and, like, like, even, I've heard a lot of stories recently, too, about, like, well, even Jared Leto with Suicide Squad, do you hear mm-hmm. about that stuff, what he did? A little bit. Well, he, yeah, he was sending, he was sending his co-stars, like, dead rats and like all this what? stuff i didn't hear like that condoms and like oh. just all this he was sending his co-stars this stuff because he he was getting into the role of the joker and he's just getting all twisted and stuff weird i know and like it's like dude just hmm. come to set and just say your lines if you're a good enough actor you should just be able to snap in and out of it yeah <laughs> um and then also he in the new have you seen the new blade runner movie Yes, so he, which I love. Yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah. Um, he so he plays that blind guy. Jared Leto plays the blind. Yeah, guy. that's right. He so he had contacts hmm. to play the blind guy, and those contacts actually like made him blind. Basically, really, he kept them in all day. He didn't actually take them out. He wanted what? to be so in, involved in the role that he just left them in. That's but incredible. Then it's like, hey, well, then if then the questions raised, like if you do that, then you might as well just hire a blind. Because the reason they cast like they cast an actor is because like. Oh, we should just cast someone who can like they can go in and out of being blind and unblind. Yeah. That way, it's just convenient. It's like, well, if he's just going to go full method on it and just <laughs> be blind on set, even when the cameras aren't rolling, then so just hire an actual blind guy, give a blind guy <laughs> some work, you know? Yeah, they take five, and he's like practicing reading Braille. Yeah, is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. And like using a one of those sticks. Yeah, a blind stick. By the time he masters it, the movie's already wrapped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, wow, okay, well, that was unnecessary. Well, because, yeah, that, like, because you hear about they're actually casting uh, A Quiet Place. They cast a real, an actual deaf character. Mm. The, the girl, she's really deaf. Cool. Um, and okay. as well as uh, Baby Driver, there's an actual mute or deaf guy in that movie, too. They cast an actual, mm. which I thought was really cool. So, yeah, it's just weird when, like, they cast an actor to act like they're doing that, but then they go full method on it. They're like, yeah. well, I'm actually going to... To impair myself. It's like, no, that's besides the point. Yeah. <laughs> We're casting you because you can act that way. <laughs> I guess it's like a lot of people in a lot of different industries who have a passion for it, like professional athletes. Yeah. They put their body on the line. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then it lowers their life expectancy. Yeah. To do that to their body and their brain if it's a contact sport. So it, it kind of makes sense for actors to sacrifice a part of themselves in a certain way, but yeah. it's really unfortunate to see it taken too far yeah for sure well yeah and it sucks because it has led to like obviously like suicide and stuff and mm-hmm. because they get too like encapsulated in and stuff or hurting the people around them yeah exactly um, yeah, it's, yeah yeah shatters relationships yeah but anyways that that was a that was a, a side yeah. <laughs> we really went off for that um that's it's it's funny because it's funny we talk about that. I want to do it. I want to do an episode on method acting too. Uh, I guess we kind of talked about a lot there. Yeah. Um, little preview. Yeah. Well, perfect. Um, on on the on the same topic of speaking very little words in 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 drive, uh, Ryan Gosling's performance is marked by minimalist dialogue, uh, with Driver only speaking a few words at a time, if at all. 
In the entire film, Driver speaks only 116 lines with a total of 891 words. Which that to me that that those numbers they do seem like a lot because I don't know what the average is for like an actor who has a lot of lines in a movie. It's probably like thirty thousand. It's probably a lot, yeah. Hmm. So. I can't really have too big of an opinion on that if I don't see a reference on it. But, Where did you read that? Uh, IMDb. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Nice. So, yeah. But, I mean, I'm guessing that's a very small amount because, yeah, he says, like, nothing in it, so... Hmm. Even, in, even in Blade Runner, he doesn't say a lot, hey? No. He seems to be doing these roles where he does not speak a lot. <laughs> you know what? His silence, I think, just allows people to relate with him in the way of, like, those pauses of silence can just allow people to yeah. put their own thoughts... Into yeah, his totally. head, so it really makes you feel like you're walking in his shoes. Yeah, well, if, so you, if you know if you know what he's thinking without him even mm-hmm. expressing it, it just adds another layer of like intimacy to yeah. it. And like, yeah, like if you can figure it out without the movie just spoon feeding it to you, mm-hmm. then I don't know. It just makes it makes you feel a lot more intelligent. Yeah, like. A good example, actually, is uh, early in the movie when he's at the grocery store and then he sees her there and then he walks out. Yeah. And then he sees, he sees her car broken down. Mm-hmm. All that happens in that scene and then ties into the next scene is he just walks over to the car and it's clearly the car is clearly broken down. And then it goes to the next scene of him carrying the groceries into her apartment. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no part at the end of the previous scene where it's like, oh, hey, your car's broken down. Do you need a ride? He doesn't say any of that. It mm-hmm. cuts from him walking towards the car, enters the next scene of him walking into the apartment carrying the groceries. It's just yeah. implied. It's, mm-hmm. The movie is assuming that you're able to figure it out. It's like assuming your intelligence. and mm-hmm. I, I really like how it does that. And you know enough about him, like just enough yeah. about him where you know he can fix cars. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so, okay, he can help out in a way, but... Um, or do we know he can fix cars by that point? Well, you know that he... I'm pretty sure you know that he works in a mechanic shop. Okay, okay. I think. Cool. But then it's also really relatable how he sees her in the aisle, and whether he gets nervous, mm. or just kind of feels shame, because he's been resisting this whole time, up until that it's point. very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's been resisting talking to her. Either, yeah, because either he's nervous makes him more nervous than the criminal activity he's part of. Yeah. Or he just feels some sort of shame that he has this secret life, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But it's very relatable the way he kind of turns away from talking to her for so long. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I really like how that scene's done. I mean, it's relatable to me. I get nervous. Oh, for sure. Talking no, to new people. Said, I even said that when the scene happened. Like, yeah. He literally he looks did. up and sees her in the aisle, and then he just goes on to the next aisle. I'm like, I've been in that situation <laughs> so many times. <laughs> I should have said hi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then seeing her car broken down and then giving her a ride back to her apartment. Yeah, that's when you know it's fate, though. Yeah. <laughs> when it's the true. car's broken down, yeah. you can help them carry something. Oh, and yeah. And you walk over and you just don't say a word and then just grab her groceries. Yeah. Just don't say a word to her. Just sweeps her off her feet. Yeah, we just gotta adopt this Ryan Gosling yeah. or this this driver method of, of wooing women. Just yeah. little words, more carrying groceries. <laughs> yeah, waiting for that perfect opportunity to yeah. just speechlessly <laughs> help them with something practical. Depends yeah. on their love language, I guess. Yeah, that would be an interesting game too. It like, kind of ties into the game I talked about of like the driver game, just speaking little words, but asking yeah. a girl out. Without saying any words. <laughs> Make them assume that yeah. you're asking them out. Just all eye contact. <laughs> Are you asking me out? Yeah. I'll see you Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> just stare at her until she starts dating you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds fun. Because, yeah, they just they just do that. Even, like, they go on, like, a date. Like, he because he, he drives them home. Cause she, bring, she brings her car in, and then he drives them home because they don't have mm-hmm. a car. And then they go for, like, a little side quest type thing, like some gross lagoon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then they get back, and then she's, like, he's, like, sitting by the window, and then she's, like, oh, thanks, that was great, you know, he had a lot of fun, but he Mm took a lot of fun. And then, I mean, if he says anything, he's, like, just kind of, like, nods his head. (laughs) It's like, dude, say something. Yeah. But they just stare at each other. But there, there, like, I make fun of it, but there is is so much Mm -hmm. there, though, because... It'd be awkward if, like, if one character wasn't feeling the same way. Like, the one character would be like, hey, this is weird. Like, I gotta go to bed. But the fact that they're both clearly, like, have feelings for each other, they just kind of stare at each other. Because there's so much with just, like, speechless and just, like, staring at someone. If you know that there's a connection there, Mm -hmm. it's just something that I think the movie does that really well. Well, 
I noticed she kept on putting on a smile whenever she'd kind of make eye contact with yeah. her husband's standard. Oh, yeah. Um, but she's just able to be so real around Driver mm. because, you know, their personalities mesh. They're on the same page. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see that. Her husband didn't seem that, you know, abusive necessarily. He yeah. seemed pretty cool considering he's that weird husband from prison. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's putting this fake smile on the whole time mm. around her husband. So, yeah, their chemistry was just unbelievable. I know. Yeah, the way they execute it, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, another fact here. Uh, after a lot of speculation from people on the possibility of a sequel or a spin-off to Drive, hmm. on, a 26, on a 2016... What, what is this? On 2016... That doesn't make any sense. The way this is written is just... Weird. <laughs> um, I'm get, okay, I'm guessing it means... It doesn't say interview, but I'm, gonna, I'm guessing it means on an interview. So on a 2016 interview, mm-hmm. when asked about it, Nicholas Winningreffin, the director, said, no, there will never be a second Drive movie. It ends too imperfectly, and that's why it works. Wow. I love that he says that, because mm-hmm. it is so true. The way it ends, like, I love how he says imperfectly as opposed to perfectly, because mm-hmm. it's a it's an imperfect ending, but that that's what makes it perfect, because yeah. it's such a unique movie. And the way it ends, it just kind of it is open-ended, because there's so many parts throughout the movie that it implies stuff Mm -hmm. and it just kind of lets the audience figure out what's happening. It assumes your intelligence Mm -hmm. and it lets you figure it out. And the ending does that for, and it kind of just ties the whole movie together. It's like, this is everything that's happened. This is what the character has been through. This is his situation. And now he's quote unquote driving into the sunset or that drives version of that. Mm -hmm. And then you just get to assume what happens after that. And And it's up to your imagination. Yeah. And we don't want to, necessarily spoil it but yeah. there's really only three options when it comes to a movie where somebody gets in trouble they either live happily ever after yeah or they leave or they die yeah right and i i've never been able to really think of another option other than that yeah and so it, it really does get as unpredictable as it can get oh for sure like when it comes to his personality his dialogue and just every step of the way through the movie very yeah. unpredictable yeah which is great and just the way it ends, it, it the the way it's so imperfect is it, it makes it that much more relatable. Mm-hmm. Because all these movies that have like these great endings, people are more the audience more walks out of the movie wanting to strive towards like an ending like that. They want to live their life and have some kind of moment where it's like, oh yeah, this is this is the feeling I get. This this is what that character had when when that mm-hmm. happened in the movie. That that's the ending. But instead, this movie ends, and they more. I feel like the audience can more relate to a part, a time in their life when it's like, oh yeah, I've had that happen to me before, where it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, that's I can relate to that, as opposed to like wanting to strive towards that because you wouldn't want to really strive towards this necessarily because yeah. it is kind of depressing. Oh, exactly, and maybe that's why it didn't do so great in the theaters because it just made people somewhat uncomfortable. Yeah. Especially some of those scenes, like the elevator scene especially. Oh, like, yeah. Jeez. I noticed just... myself actually feeling stressed oh, in a totally. lot of the different scenes in the movie when it was appropriate. Yeah. When Driver was feeling stressed. So, I think they did such a good job at getting the audience to feel the emotions of uh, of Driver. Totally. And sometimes of Irene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, they really, they really nailed the, the nail on the head. Yeah. They really hit the... Hit the nail on the... They really... Did a hitter there. Yeah. <laughs> they hit it hard. <laughs> they sometimes make the movie the sharpest hammer shed, in, shed the in the tool, tool. shed. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so the sequel, and then... During every encounter with Irene... Drivers at his happiest. This is that's funny. Oh. Almost the opposite of what you're saying, but I do know you know because Irene, Irene was happier when she's with him. But vice versa, every encounter with Irene, Drivers the happiest. This is portrayed with the song "Wrong Floor" as it plays every time the two are together. Wow, how did I not notice that? I know. I was <laughs> gonna make a comment about it, but I'm like, or when they're thinking of each other. 
right? Sometimes when they're thinking of each other, would that song play? Probably. I think it was. Yeah. That's the that's the song. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so even I, when they when it would cut when they're in separate rooms and it would cut to them. Yeah. The song was playing because they're obviously thinking about each other. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Hmm. I love it. And he he would just get giddy, which yeah. is unlike his character. But I felt giddy. Yeah. At the same time, like most of the movie, you're kind of stressed and on edge. Yeah. But then when they're together, it's like you feel joyful. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, like no, a little no. kid. Yeah. <laughs> And it almost has a purity, like how a little kid would see it as well. Oh, totally. Where they're only, they only came in contact twice. I almost wonder if that was the purpose of Domitio's character. Interesting. Yeah. I if that's why. I'm trying to think of how he reacted when he... Benicio just liked having... It's interesting. They actually might have done that on purpose, though. They mm. might have had Benicio there, obviously, just to have a kid element of that family dynamic. Yeah. But they also might have wanted him to be there to have, like, to show the child version of how they're feeling for each other. Interesting. Yeah. No way to prove that, but (laughs) that's interesting. They might have, wouldn't be surprised if they did that on purpose because that would be, that'd be, that'd be creative. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah, this is a kind of a cool fact. This is the last one I've written down here. Uh, So, premiered competition at 2011 uh, Cannes Film Festival. Uh, For its first show in the media, it received abundant praise and received some of the best res- quote the be- some of the best responses of the festival but one one positive review said it can't win w- can't win won't win can't stop prize uh, it was it was greeted with hoots and howls from the media with viewers cheering on some of the scenes featuring extreme violence it also f- it also featured it received a 15 minute standing ovation from the crowd i can't what? Really p- put my head around that <laughs> That's how moved that audience was. But like... And how honored they got to see minutes, it. That's so long. Like That would get boring and my hands would start hurting. I know. <laughs> like, the last I heard but amazing. Of, of a very long standing ovation, mm-hmm. apparently Charlie Chaplin way back when, when he won some award, I think he won an award for Best Actor or something, I think he won, I think he got, I think he got like a 20 minute standing ovation. What? I think. I know. Like... I can't imagine how people's hearts would be moved I know. to that extent. It's like, when do you stop? But I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, this movie, it's amazing. Yeah. I want to actually look this up. Charlie Chaplin standing ovation. You should just play the whole standing ovation. Right I think now. I actually did watch it at one point, and I just like skipped forward because I was like, this is so long. <laughs> Um, Make it your alarm. Yeah, for, for waking up. <laughs> Wake up to a standing ovation. <laughs> hey, this is it. And preserves our sanity. Mm. These are the words. When does it start? So this it's, is the beginning of it. Bravo! Does that guy continue to say bravo the whole time? Is that his form of? <laughs> Of applauding? Would you rather do 15 minutes of clapping or 15 minutes of saying bravo? <laughs> bravo! <laughs> bravo! Bravo! Could you imagine if, like, 50,000 people in a, a stadium, rather than clapping, they just all said bravo like that? No clapping. That would be unreal. Bravo! <laughs> bravo! Yeah, bravo. <laughs> bravo. would be the worst. Yeah. I guess with thousands of people, though, that could be kind of cool. Especially if your name is, like, Johnny Bravo or something. Yeah. Um, oh, is it 12? Oh, Crazy. What's up? I see they didn't include the full twelve minutes animation. Yeah. Okay. So it, it was a, it was a twelve minutes animation that Charlie Chaplin got. So drive oh. beat it. Whoa! There, Best standing ovation in history. There must there must be there must be a longer one though because no I unless they just don't care about monitoring that because they don't want to sit through twenty minutes of standing ovations. Yeah. Who's gonna be this year? <laughs> <laughs> We're up to an hour. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, though. I'm sure there's some dictator out there who's made their audience clap for them for yeah. hours on end. <laughs> Keep going. I'm all even. <laughs> After some, like, homemade film. Yeah. When they held hands for the first time, they made that ten times more significant than most first kisses in any movie. Just when they started holding hands. That's very true. Like, that was so significant. Yeah. And so you can imagine how significant the actual kiss was eventually. Yeah. And those were the 
only two times where they really came in contact with each other the whole movie. They really they really swing it towards the first kiss being in the elevator though. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Which I wonder if that was I think it must have been, which is yeah. so amazing. It makes sense and it makes sense too because I think I think Driver, I think Ryan Gosling was the, I think he's the type of guy that like he was obviously into Irene, mm-hmm. but he also knows that he, I think he's the kind of guy that would respect her marriage. Yeah. And the fact that he's actually married to someone. And I think she, I think Irene too, mm-hmm. is more like, she's like married, but, but yeah, it's weird though that she'd even like tease herself with the idea of being with him. Mm-hmm. So, and then she, she does, she technically does the first move by putting her hand on yeah. his hand. Big time. So, but yeah, they really, they really put a lot of emphasis. And that's what I love about that because it's the fact that like they shouldn't be doing it because like she's married and but then they just like they do that and any other movie it would have been like no big deal but like yeah they really they really drag it out I like how they do that I think the one thing he was super confident in is being a good father figure Mm. at the same time it's like that was half of his concern not just showing his care and love to Irene but like his care and love to her son yeah which is an obvious need right because his real father was in prison. Yeah. And that's almost something they needed most, just the support of somebody else around for practical things, yeah. for care. Yeah. And so that love through her son kind of came around just right to her as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a way to prove that you're into somebody when you show all that care for their the people they care about. Right? Yeah. And so I, I respected that about I respected that so much Yeah. that um, they portrayed this relationship to just be just, yeah, as pure as like how a kid would see a relationship, which is yeah. super cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, this was a, it was slated as an indie film. I think it <laughs> was, I did read one fact that it was like, it was debated for a while whether I think it was in I think it was initially kind of considered like a blockbuster movie like it was going to be brought out as that mm-hmm. but then after it, after some consideration they decided it was more better as like an indie film hmm. do you think it would have done better as a blockbuster I think there's a lot of things the generic audience the Marvel goers yeah. which I love Marvel movies but the people who get super stoked for those yeah and um. yeah, those people who just, you know, sit through a movie just for the entertainment value, and yeah. then they go home and never think about it again. Yeah. I think for that audience, it wouldn't have done well. Oh, and no, that's a majority. it wouldn't have done well at all. And I, and I can even, I, I understand that too, because I know firsthand, like, the, the first bunch of people that told me about this movie Drive, mm-hmm. they were like, oh yeah, it's no good. It's like, boring, yeah, it's, it's boring. slow, yeah, I it's, almost yeah, fell asleep. The, one of the first comments that a couple of my friends said, they were like, they're like, oh yeah, Ryan Gosling says like five words in the entire movie. <laughs> and I was, at first I was like, what? That's so weird. Then I watched it and I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's something to celebrate. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think, yeah, because even even the trailer, selling it borderline as a, as a Fast and Furious movie mm-hmm. is very opposite of what it is. Because yeah. it's, it's the furthest thing from a Fast and Furious movie. It's yeah. way more about the characters and just the story of what's happening, just the situation that he gets himself in. It's all about understanding the title. Oh, well. totally. Yeah, that's well, that's the thing. Like, you, you see it, and then you think, oh, there's going to be lots of driving in it, but then if you really pay attention and, like, on the third watch of it, or even second, you'll see after, like, oh, that's why it's called Drive. <laughs> yeah. You know? In order not to mislead, mislead people and to make it a blockbuster, it almost had to be titled, like, Driven. Driven. Like just to so yeah. you can see what how he is driven, or yeah. um, I feel like it's easier to dissect that than drive because people with drive people are just assuming that there's driving like a car. Yeah. They don't think past that as yeah. well. They would have definitely had, I, yeah, they would have had issues with it being a blockbuster just with it um, being so misleading. Yeah, in totally. that way, beautifully imperfectly misleading. Yeah. I'm I'm curious of what what is considered a blockbuster though if it has to meet meet a certain budget. Yeah, it had the a block a blockbuster cast. 
It did, yeah. So, yeah, maybe it just had to meet a budget. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I'm curious about. Like, what attracts what attracts blockbuster cast to these indie movies? I think it's honestly just a good story. If they read a script and they like mm-hmm. it, I think that's what draws them to it. I think it's the people who really care about acting yeah. and less about the money. Yeah, totally. Um, that's what makes me you know, respect these movies and the, mm-hmm. the, the actors that are in them. And the other people who are in it. Like, yeah. if you're building a team and you find out, oh, Ryan Gosling's committed. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the story. I love acting. And Ryan Gosling's in it. Yeah. He's going to be the captain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Sign me <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, and even Oscar Isaac, who plays uh, Standard in the movie, he mm-hmm. he wasn't super well-known at this point. He Star Wars obviously hadn't even... I don't even think Star Wars had been bought at this point. Hmm. Uh, by Disney, I don't think he was. He, he wasn't even cast at this point. But Oscar Isaac was very. He wasn't very well known at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, looking now that he's a now that Oscar Isaac is a lot more well known now. Looking back at this and like, if you recognize, like, oh well, it's Oscar Isaac. Like, wow, he, he's very good in this movie. Yeah, he's played a lot of great roles now. Yeah, would you say this kind of kicked off his career? I. Yeah. I mean, it's an indie movie, so it's hard to say it would yeah. kick off because anybody's he, career. Well, because he's, he's been around for a lot longer than... Really? Um, I'm on his profile right now. He's he's oh, He's been in some great... I haven't seen Inside Living Davis yet, but that movie won a bunch of stuff. Hmm. Ex Machina, he's in as well, and that movie's really good. I think it's actually... That one's... Oh, no. Ex Machina is directed by the same director as uh, Annihilation. Yeah, and um, he the director must like him because he was in, in Annihilation as well. I don't know if Annihilation was the same because Ex Machina and Annihilation are the same director. I don't yeah. know if that's the, I don't think that's the same director as uh, as Drive though. No, I don't think so. But is that what you mean though with yeah. Annihilation and Oh yeah. He yeah. that director must like him. Yeah. I'm, well even even so with uh with with Drive, um Ryan Gosling uh, so the director of Drive mm-hmm. um is the same director as uh um what's it called again? It's a it's a it's a new indie movie that came out not too long ago. Does it also have Ryan Gosling? It also has Ryan Gosling in it. So I think yeah. Nick, so Nicholas Winding Refn is the director of Drive. He also directed his newest one is the Neon. No, no, sorry. His newest one is the Neon Demon. Has some other people. In what it. about Blade Runner? Did he direct that? No. Oh, okay. Denis, that was Denis Villeneuve. Huh. Um, Visually, also, I would put Blade Runner and yeah. Drive kind of in the same. No, league. totally. I agree. For sure. Um, Maybe Ryan Gosling has, has that, same, that effect on the light. Yeah. <laughs> it has that same, that's the same kind of like smooth shots. Yeah. And they, I even read one thing about how they were, I think they were, they were with a cinematography drive. They wanted to, they wanted, they didn't want to have like handheld, like kind of shaky shots. They wanted to have like more like kind of smooth and just mm. like mellow feel. I um, noticed the car shots were kind of shaky though. They could have made those way smoother. Yeah. So I wonder what the significance of that would be. <laughs> Budget restraint. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been, yeah. Yeah. Can't do much with, what, 17 million, yeah. I guess? Or was it 11 it million? It was 11 million. 11 million? Yeah. Maybe 12 million they could have done. <laughs> That's smooth. such a small budget. Yeah. Because, like... What's the biggest budget movie you've been on for, like, set? You know, 150 million War for the Apes. Yeah, War for Planet of the Apes. 150 million. That's, that's crazy. So big. I think. Um, that's so big. I think. Yeah, that that's around my record as well. Well, how be, much was Star Trek? I think it was around that. Okay. Yeah. So Nathan and I have both. We both worked on. That that wasn't your first movie, no. Uh, that was like my probably my fiftieth thing I've been right. on. Right, yeah, you've been on a lot at that point. Um, but that was probably the biggest one. Yeah, so yeah. Nathan's been on Star Trek. I'm actually going to look up how much Star Trek Beyond was, because it was it was probably pretty big. Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, it was, it was probably around 150, and you could tell with the food that they gave us. Oh, it yeah. was just amazing. Whoa! It was, yes. Uh, you want me to guess? Guess how much it was. Okay, based off your reaction, I'm going to say like <laughs> 230. No, lower than that. Okay. <laughs> oh, that ruins the whole thing. Cut that out. Um, uh, based off of your reaction, I'm going to guess 175. Close. Still lower? Higher. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Just, yeah, tell me. 185. Wow. That's insane. Um, Where so, does that money come from? I know. That's just crazy. <laughs> wow. Um, so Star Trek Beyond, this is, this, we're kind of getting 
off track here, but we kind of talked about everything already. But that's insane, though. 185. Um, hmm. Really? Wow. That's interesting. So, box office, 343 million. What? Yeah. I'm actually really surprised to see that because I. No offense, but I didn't hear great things about it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to say <laughs> what I thought about it. It's out. <laughs> I haven't seen I can't say anything about because I haven't seen it, but yeah. I've only heard from like two people that it was like it was alright. Mm-hmm. Um, I could tell just being on set how it was gonna turn out. Oh yeah. <laughs> like based on how we can see through our alien masks <laughs> at all. It's yeah. like somehow they can give us eye holes with that budget. We had to kind of guess where we were walking, and it was yeah. really rocky. So there are things like that where I was like, really? Almost $200 million, and and this is kind of what we're getting? Yeah. I mean, unlimited dried mangoes. I probably ate 30 mangoes worth of dried from mangoes. Crafty? Yeah, from Crafty. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that's it, it was exactly how I expected it to yeah. come out, pretty much. It wasn't, you know, the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, kind of in the line of the Marvel movies, just... Somewhat entertaining and yeah, and wild. Yeah, the first two were pretty good though. Like I, I enjoyed the first one. I couldn't follow, but the, the second, mm. I Star Trek uh, Into Darkness, I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, what was the war for budget? So it was one hundred fifty million. The box, mm. holy crap, <laughs> four hundred ninety million. Was the box office? Wow. That's crazy. Those movies were I didn't realize so good. they did that well. That's insane. Yeah. I really like those movies. Yeah. This is a whole other discussion in itself, but like... Because I didn't actually think it did that well. Like, I when it came out, like, people weren't like... Because that's a, that's a pretty big franchise. Like, there's yeah. tons of money. Obviously, it's a huge budget. That was um, a big one for the balls. Big one for your the balls. Your brother yeah. got some camera time? Oh, did he show yeah, up my in brother, the... My brother got great camera time. Nice. Yeah, I saw myself in one scene. That that Sweet. was actually a very... That was a very special experience for me. That was the first... That <laughs> was basically awesome. the first uh, film experience I had had. I had only been on one set before that, and I mm-hmm. remember... I remember we did four days of military training for this movie, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting, because like we were like with a bunch of other extras, obviously, and we were just doing all this marching and stuff, and then... Sure enough, the first three days came of the of the cattle call, as they call it. Yeah. Um, where there's like 400 plus of us there, wow. and we, we were doing this marching in, and Woody Harrelson, who played the colonel, he was doing this speech, and uh, so that was like the first three days, and then after that, they kind of they kind of dimmed it down. We'd still have they'd still be a lot of people, like 100 hmm. plus people, but then. Um, Does that mean you survived? Pretty much, essentially, like. You you were assumed that you didn't die if you survived as an extra. Well, they they didn't really do scenes where like they use dead bodies necessarily. Have you okay. seen the movie? I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this has happened, but I haven't seen it. I was stoked to see it, even just to look for you. Yeah. Um, well, I, have a, I, I have a screenshot of uh, I have a screenshot of me of like the scene that I did because so this is what I'm getting at. The, so I was actually selected for. I say selected for a scene and it sounds pretty special, which it was cool, but like it was like literally a like a, a five second blink and you miss it scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have this scene where like that we're we're running towards war and there's like it's in a tent and one of the main characters is like sitting on his bed and he's like preparing himself and like we're all running out and there's like yeah. four of us. And so I was selected to like kind of look young, I guess, and so we're all running out and so and they actually used it. It was a really cool... We did it. We did the take 32 times. Whoa. I know. <laughs> and we were sprinting. Everyone outside's like, sprinting and, like, yeah. We That's were, like, sprinting. I know. It was so funny. Um, we could have ended up on the same set together. Oh, totally. It was... Um, they they suggested... Like, they made it available for most of the people who were on Star Trek being the aliens that yeah. I was um, to go work on that as well. Yeah. But... Um, that's kind of when I was jumping more into what I was working on at the time, oh, on, yeah. uh, real estate, but, uh, that would have been amazing. That would have been super cool. You see me? Is that you on the left? Yes. <laughs> like then, standing yeah, up? Shaved head, yeah. <laughs> I didn't recognize you with no hair. I know, because we all just shave our heads. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. That set is amazing. Dude, it was an unreal set. The set itself apparently was like 25 million. Yeah. It's unreal. How far into the movie is that? Just so the, that is, the millions of viewers that we have right now, <laughs> or listeners, yeah. can look for you. That was, uh, I think that was like, it's in the last stretch of the movie. That's um, awesome. Yeah. 
But yeah, that was a super special experience. So it is really cool to be on set of a movie. It's funny though, because they do. I'm not even gonna say because they <laughs> digressing so much. So you I, have to kind of say I, what you're. Gonna I was say. just gonna say they 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 don't do them so much anymore. But they used to do like competitions where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we're doing like a draw thing where you enter to win, and if you win, you'll get to come on set and have a walk on part. You'll get to be basically an extra. Yeah. It's like that sounds amazing. Don't get me wrong, being an extra is awesome. It's fun, but when you realize that like it is it is a job and you can easily anyone can sign up for it there's mm-hmm. almost hundreds of agencies out there especially in Vancouver right now yeah super easy to sign up you're doing them a favor <laughs> yeah if you were to win this competition and win a, a walk-on role and be an extra in this movie mm-hmm. you're doing them a favor that's cheap labor i know exactly <laughs> they're making it seem like a competition that you're winning and it's don't get me wrong being on set for the first time ever is really cool but yeah. like they're kind of yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. to they don't do it so much anymore. I think it's because people are catching on. They're like, "Oh, we're yeah, <laughs> this is free labor." Oh, there's a lesson for the listeners out there. If yeah. you live in Vancouver, sign up to be an extra. It's pretty easy. Honestly, it's true. Yeah. Like, if you haven't done it before, do it because it's 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 really especially if you're in a film. Mm-hmm. It's super super cool. I remember my first my first day on set was like one of the coolest days ever. Like yeah. just looking around and seeing all the camera work and how they do stuff. I've learned so much doing it. Hmm. Um, but now I'm ready to do my own stuff. So, and back to drive, considering the budget. Yeah. There were a lot of extras in some of those scenes. You mentioned that when we were watching the movie. Yeah. The opening scene that was, I mean, they, they made it look like a lot, but from what we know, they, that was probably like a lot of recycled. It was probably, it could have been only 50 people I would max. say that was probably between 50 and 100 extras Yeah, in that opening scene. I've been in scenes like that where they've only used like 20 people. Oh yeah, they get, <laughs> they get a bunch of people out there and don't use very many. Yeah, I've been in movies where there's like one clone of me from yeah. multiple, <laughs> like they, I was sitting at a lunch table with some people and I was facing the camera and then they changed the angle and they decided to move us around. And then I was facing the camera again. Yeah. And then they did it a third time. So from three different angles, <laughs> I was facing the camera for all of them. So it's yeah. like I was all three people at the table. Yeah. It was very strange. Yeah. I had that recently. I was working on Supergirl. And I'm pretty sure I was like in a shot like a decent amount. Mm-hmm. And like I had to like walk around. I, I, I was still in the background though. But then they, and then they switched angles and they had to have someone at like a computer desk like right beside the actors mm-hmm. and then they got me to do it. I was like, dude, I was in that chair right yeah. before. They're like, it doesn't matter. Just get him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, this might not make any sense, but okay. You learn very quickly that it's not your job oh, to make sure you're in the right yeah, position. You, you don't, don't say it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing about being an extra. It's never your fault. If you do what you're told, it's mm-hmm. never your fault. Yeah. Like wardrobe wise, if something goes wrong. They're not going to yell at you. They're going to yell at wardrobe for mm-hmm. not fixing your wardrobe. <laughs> so the worst thing you can do is suggest doing something better. Yeah, <laughs> because, exactly. Uh, that's not your job. Yeah, I remember when I first started working on set. I always like I had this like envision. I'm like, like oh man, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like get on set and just start looking around for cool shot ideas and then mm-hmm. just try to like imply to like maybe tell something like oh that'd be a really cool shot idea right mm. there and then that's how I'm gonna work my way up and, and then get discovered yeah yeah and then I got fired yeah I know and then I got on set I'm like this is not gonna happen because like they're always just telling me to shut up <laughs> background stop talking that's hilarious yeah I got to a point where I realized I wasn't pursuing any job within that industry yeah and so I'd kind of be risking it I would, you know, maybe take a photo that I wasn't like I wasn't yeah. supposed to have my phone, Did so I take, take some a photo. On, on, I don't want to <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's a show. <laughs> it's a show involving what would happen if the Nazis <laughs> won World War Two, and we're on a really really cool set. And I I may or may not have gotten some cool photos of that. You saw I just discovered them the other day. Did you? Yeah, on Do Google Photos. I'll show you. <laughs> Anyways, we've been in a lot of cool stuff at this point. Yeah. No, and totally. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And if you have the opportunity, yeah, it's a no-brainer. you got to try it out. Yeah. I think one of my <laughs> career highlights, <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's kind of a random one, but I got, I got to, and this was one of my more recently ones, actually, last summer, I got to stand in for TJ Miller on Deadpool 2. Whoa. 
You got to stand I in. I got to stand in. Whoa, that's awesome. I remember awesome. getting the call from Crystal, and she was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we we uh, want to stand in for T.J. Miller." I was like, "What?" That's incredible. So I got to meet him. He's a pretty nice guy. That's awesome. There's been a, I don't want to get too too into it, but there's been stuff recently in media about him. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to say anything about it. Because he's my bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I heard you guys are best friends. Bro, stick together, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, yeah, this is our episode one for Drive. If you haven't seen it yet, sucks that you've listened to all this at this point. <laughs> I'm, ass- I'm going to assume that you probably stopped listening to yeah. this. Yeah. But, yeah, um, some fun facts about the movie, though. So, hope you enjoyed them. Um, also, can I suggest... Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no. Watch ahead. the movie in the dark. Approach it knowing that it's going to be a super chill, relaxing night. In the dark? Yeah, just turn off all the lights. Oh, I thought you were saying that's what the... the like, watch no, the no, 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 sorry. Like, watch Drive oh, in okay. the dark. Yeah. Expect that it's going to be super chill. Yeah. And uh, talk about it after. Yeah. Because if you miss any of the lines, yeah. you're not going to follow kind of what the conflict that's is. That's another good point. If Yeah, if you... Yeah. If you you gotta listen the whole time, and even so, even if you're listening intently the whole time, watch it again. You'll pick up more. This was my fourth time watching it, and I picked up a lot. I think we finally just kind of pieced together. I know because we were like tag teaming it. We're like, yeah, we got it. We had to rewind it though because we missed a couple parts. Well, even too some of the important lines. Like I find this in a lot of movies too. They a lot of the important lines in movies are very muffled sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like speak up. (laughs) I mean, it makes it it makes it a little more realistic. Definitely in some senses, but yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, cool. Um, we don't have any listener mail this week, but. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we'll I, I just there. found one here. Well, hey, thanks for having me on. Austin. Yeah, dude, of course. I'll have to have you again. We gotta, we're gonna have to talk about another one. I want to, I want to talk about my favorite movie of all time, Children of Men. That's my favorite mm. movie. So maybe that'll be, have you seen that one? I have seen that one. Let me count how many times. You say zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was wait, 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 wait. Children. Mm, I think I saw parts of it on TV. Oh, dude. <laughs> time. I've seen it like seven times. It's oh, such a nice. Cool. Yeah. Okay, we'll have, to, we'll have to do that again. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. It's fun times. Nathan's a real estate agent. He is oh. killing it right now. I thought this was ad-free. <laughs> is that a plug? Uh, no, I appreciate that's it. That's a subtle plug. That's it's awesome. A subtle plug. It's no. not a plug if it's subtle. <laughs> it's better if you do it, for sure. So sure. I appreciate it. Nathan, the real estate agent, plugged. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, plug. That'll be the kaboosh. Skadank. I should I should make the laptop closing the, the end. Yeah, do it right now. That didn't sound very cool. <laughs> closing at all. <laughs> Close the fridge, maybe that'll... Yeah, Re- put the, put, plug in the fridge again. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> the be... fridge makes noise. We unplugged so the fridge for this. We'll plug it back in, Yeah. and you can hear it. <laughs> that would be, be the end of the podcast. still recording, so I'm still talking to the audience. <laughs> I'm not going to edit any of this. Should we put the mic closer? Oh yeah, it's under here. It's right. Under where? <laughs> hey <yo. laughs> It's slaying it. Same when it's getting plugged in. It's plugged in. That's the hum you guys missed out on. That's what you guys could have been listening to this whole time. We're using like a $13 audio recording system to capture all this amazing audio. I might have messed it up because I touched it. Oh no, it's okay. <laughs> that, that adds to it. Cool. Alright, thanks for listening everyone. And uh, we'll catch you on the footage flip.